Newsweekly is an ad-free, listener-supported podcast made possible by subscribers like you. Just go to patreon.com slash Shah, that's S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H, to support the podcast. Top stories of the week! Nothing of interest at the RBA! And a very British scandal! All that and a little bit more on Newsweekly. Hello, I'm Sammy Shah, and thank you for joining me as we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Did someone say Glass Cliff news now? Every seven years or so, Australians enact a long-held tradition, concluding the term of the Reserve Bank Governor. Sometimes there's a reprieve, granted with an extension for another seven years. But other times, like now, the age-old custom of retiring the governor takes place, with the outgoing economist pulled slowly into the dark, where he's fed to everyone he said should just work more jobs to handle the inflation. Philip Lowe had been the governor of the RBA for the last seven years, and his chances of an extension were unlikely, given that he's a massive liar who fucked a lot of people with his fucking lying. Because in late 2021, he said he didn't anticipate interest rates rising until 2024. Lots of people piled in, took on debt, got into the housing market, uh, and then, as we know from May of last year, it has gone up 12 times, from close to zero to an official cash rate of 4.1%. That has added Mm. uh, thousands of dollars a month to many mortgages and put a lot of people under stress. So, See, when you do that kind of thing, then the treasurer, Jim Chalmers, has to say stuff like this when announcing your retirement. Uh, Phil Lowe goes with our respect, he goes with our gratitude, and he goes with dignity. And I want to make that clear. That's exactly the kind of thing you say about someone who isn't getting respect, gratitude or dignity. With Philip Lowe on the way out, the government needed to choose a replacement, and that choice was not made easier by Peter Dutton giving a statement while touring a butcher shop and forcing journalists to work puns into their coverage. The federal opposition leader with his choice of cut. The opposition leader is hungry to rule out candidates to run the Reserve Bank. Really? Not one Dutton has a beef with the government, or Dutton thinks the government's choice is the worst, you know, the, the German sausage, or, or how about Dutton thinks the choice is awful, or, or how about um, Dutton looks like he needs to beat his meat? Okay, that last one's less a pun and more of a description. The ABC went all in on the RBA governor selection, hyping it up like a thriller with accompanying music. Philip Lowe isn't out the door as speculation builds about who will be the next RBA governor. Uh, It needs to be somebody who is independent, who has the best interests of the Australian public in mind. That's a problem. There's been a long-standing convention that both major parties support the selection of a governor for the independent institution. Mr Dutton's ultimatum would rule out two of the top candidates, Treasury Secretary Stephen Kennedy and Finance Department Secretary Jenny Wilkinson. Other candidates include the RBA's current Deputy Governor, Michelle Bullock, and the person she replaced, Guy DeBell. Calm down, ABC. This isn't an 80s cartoon about the matrix of leadership choosing who will rule the Autobots. One shall stand, one shall fall. And then the smoke went up as mounds of cash were set on fire and with great pomp and circumstance, the Prime Minister unveiled the new RBA Governor. This morning the Cabinet has met and 
agreed with the recommendation. Boring. Come on, Albanese, make it exciting. It's been a slow news week. Fuck, fuck it. I'll do it. I'll take care of it. You got the touch. This morning, the cabinet has met. You got the power. And agreed with the recommendation from the treasurer, supported by myself, that Michelle Bullock be appointed as the ninth Reserve Bank Governor. Michelle will be the first female governor since the independent RBA was founded in 1959. That's right, the first female governor of the RBA because women can hike up inflation rates too. God damn it, it's 2023. Here's Channel 10 putting it exactly right as to why this is the big deal we might need but not the big deal we might want. It's not the change most of us so desperately want, a lowering of interest rates, but it is change just the same at the top of the Reserve Bank. For the first time, a woman gets the job. Michelle Bullock will be the new RBA governor. The woman in the hot seat. A proud moment for the government, but a great moment for Australia. Michelle Bullock is about to earn nearly twice what the Prime Minister does in a role that reaches almost as far into the lives of every Australian. So that only leaves one important question and here's an economist at the bottom of a well to ask and answer it. Families might wonder, is this going to change what happens on interest rates? Absolutely not. Hail the new governor, same as the old governor, except a woman, so probably more likely to attract abuse for decisions the guy before her made. The sun never sets on the British news now. It's the biggest story in the UK right now. No, no, not the massive heatwave hitting southern Europe with record highs. No, it isn't even the revelation that David Cameron's appointment to an investment fund was engineered in part by China. And no, it's not, although it probably should be, the fact that serial liar and proof that England never was and never will be a meritocracy, Boris Johnson, has yet to turn over potentially incriminating WhatsApp messages to the official coronavirus inquiry because he can't remember his iPhone passcode. No, the biggest story in the UK is that a BBC presenter had a fucked up private life. It started when British tabloid newspaper The Sun, which once led a countdown to Emma Watson's 18th birthday, which is when it could be legal to start getting its photographers to lie down on the ground and get photos up her skirt as she walked by, reported on a BBC presenter. So The Sun claims that a well-known presenter is accused of giving a 17-year-old more than £35,000 in return for sexually explicit images. The family, it's reported, complained to the BBC on May the 19th this year and begged them to make the man stop sending the cash, which they claim is feeding a drug habit. The Sun reports that the male presenter has been taken off air. This then led to a massive speculation across the country as to who the star could be, because the one thing the British love more than shitty bland food and poor dental hygiene is celebrity gossip. I've, I've seen all day major stars coming out and saying it's not me. So you've had uh, Jeremy Vine, Ryland and various other people have had to go out because they've all been named as being the major star. This speculation then was ended with the presenter's name finally being revealed so as to really destroy their life in the most public way possible because the English never topped public hangings as their favourite form of entertainment. Well yes, this will come as a huge shock to viewers. Uh, we've had a statement within the last few minutes from Vicky Flynn, who is the wife of Hugh Edwards, um, who named him as the BBC presenter for 
raising allegations and said about her husband that he was suffering from serious mental health issues and is now receiving inpatient hospital care where he will stay for the foreseeable future. And she asked for privacy for her family. Hugh Edwards is the highest paid and most prominent BBC presenter, hosting the coverage of the Queen's funeral, the King's coronation and other dumb shit the British public continues to think people should watch in the 21st century. So, the allegation then, as published by The Sun, is that Hugh Edwards gave more than £35,000 to someone over a period of time since they were 17 for sordid images. That story was brought to The Sun by the young man's mother and stepfather, after a police investigation found that no criminal behaviour actually took place. Oh, also, this happened. And Jason, I understand you have some uh, breaking news. Yeah, that's right. We've just, uh, it's actually come from the BBC because it is a letter from a lawyer to the BBC, a lawyer who represents uh, the person at the centre of these allegations, the young person at the centre of these allegations, who claims that, the, that what was printed in the Sun newspaper uh, was rubbish, that the claims by uh, their mother were, were untrue. Um, the lawyer says in the letter, and I'm quoting this from the BBC, for the avoidance of doubt, nothing inappropriate, unlawful or unlawful has taken place. And just to repeat, the police already investigated this and said nothing unlawful happened. Detectives from the Met Specialist Crime Command have now conclu concluded their assessment, so that's the material they've been passed and the information they've been given, and have determined there is no information to indicate that a criminal offence has been committed. In reaching this decision, they have spoken to a number of parties, including the BBC and the alleged complainant and the alleged complainant's family, both via another police force. There is no further police action. As such, the Met has advised the BBC it can continue with its internal investigation. We're aware of media reporting of further allegations against the same individual. No specific details or information about these allegations have been passed to us, and therefore there is no police action at this time. Now, just a reminder, this isn't a news story about Boris Johnson hiding potentially incriminating WhatsApp messages from a massive legal investigation to actual criminal behaviour. Oh, and the major source of information about all this is the same publication, The Sun, which once ran an entirely fictitious story about asylum seekers cooking swans, which led to a panic that resulted in attacks on refugees. Now, because we live in a time where if someone farts, both the left and the right, check to see which way the fart was inclined politically and then plan their responses accordingly, the left has now claimed that Hugh Edwards is an absolutely innocent lamb who no one should ever judge, while simultaneously demanding the head of actor Jonah Hill because his ex-girlfriend posted Instagram stories about the relationship online, which is totally what healthy normal people do. And the right is basically calling Hugh Edwards a pedophile because they call everyone a pedophile unless it's a member of the royal family in which case they're exempt from the actual pedophilia they committed. Right now, blame is being flung like a monkey's poop at The Sun for running the story and at the BBC for not doing more, although no one's quite sure what they needed to do more of. The real blame, however, belongs to the British public. That pudding-addicted, scorn-fucking massive morons have been the reason Rupert Murdoch's tabloids continue to thrive. 
The Sun isn't a charity case. It's still profitable because someone buys it. 8.7 million readers daily in print and online at last count. And those numbers are mild compared to the much greater success of the Daily Mail, which makes The Sun look like the Washington Post in the 70s. All of which means the British public has actively chosen time and again to support and even offer patronage to some of the worst tabloid papers in the world, all because their own miserable lives of living in shitty flats with bad plumbing while staring at the pathetic remnants of an empire that took leeching the world dry with its rapacious hunger for wealth and then spent all of it on putting fucking diamonds on an inbred German's hat and selling most of itself off to the Saudi and Indian businessmen while going on and on about how great it is to be English in a language everyone else now speaks better than them. That's it for this week's edition of Newsweek. A bit short because it was, a, it was a slow news week and maybe it's good to have some of those every now and then. If you continue to want more podcasts by me, I am hosting, uh, guest hosting rather, um, God Forbid. It's an ABC Radio National podcast. It's available on ABC Listen apps or on wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the regular host, James Carlton, is on leave and I'm filling in for now. This week, we talk all about religion and body modification. Uh, it's a really interesting topic that we got some really cool conversation going around. Otherwise, if you don't want to listen to that, you just want to stick around with News Weekly, do leave a five-star review and a rating on iTunes. It really helps with the rankings and all of that stuff. And if you don't want to do any of those things, I'll see you right back here next week on News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly.